Um, and then I will wrap us up at the end. Awesome. You yes. are. What's you your What's your are... handle? A Peterson twenty two. Uh, two hundred. And it's just there's no underscores or anything. Mm-mm, I don't okay, think so. so we'll direct them that way. Just if they have if somebody wants to follow you on Instagram or yeah. talk to you or share parts mm-hmm. of their story or something. It's recording yeah. now. We're recording. We are recording now. This is episode fourteen. Man, we are legit. Fourteen <laughs> episodes. <laughs> fourteen. See, I feel like that's just like not very many. <laughs> it's not. If you think about how many, how many hours, how many hours of us is that recorded? Probably that's, like because it's seventeen about, or eighteen, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's legit. Yeah. We have not recorded a podcast for a while, though. We've been on a little hiatus. I think we got so rocking and rolling during COVID. Yeah. That we were like busting them out every week, and now we're lucky we haven't had one since June twenty second, since Father's Day. Yeah, but we've also been waiting for this one for. We have been waiting for this one because like we, a year, <laughs> even we, before we had a podcast. Yeah, we have a guest today, um, which we will introduce in just a minute. Um, I am Chantel, by the way. Yes, and I am Lou. Yeah, thank My you for listening. My full name is Lou Shan, but you can call me Lou. Yeah, thank you for listening. Um, this is the Dear Life I'm In podcast. Yes. Um, we enjoy talking about um, all of the little things and all of the big things that life has to offer. Yeah. Um, even the questions um, that we have as women, the questions we have as humans. Um, we talk about movement. We talk about friendship. We talk about changing the world, we talk about food, and then we also talk about what is in my head sometimes. <laughs> what is in your head today? <laughs> so normally we start the podcast with something that I'm thinking of, and it normally has nothing to do with the topic that we uh, are about to talk about. Um, today and included. Today included. I wasn't fully prepared. I actually forgot about it until you had said something, but on my way home from the gym... I was uh, I was driving, and as I was driving, there was this sweet trailer that was behind me, and it was attached to a forerunner that was like decked out. I was like, "Oh man, what adventures are these people going on?" Mm-hmm. Had like a snorkel coming out the top of the thing, you know, all the things, tires lifted. But the trailer was like cute. It wasn't like that little R pod thing that you see sometimes. It's a little bit bigger, and it was white, and it had like these baby blue mountains on it. And as I'm as I'm looking at it, I'm like, hmm. I wonder, do trailers ever have the door on the driver's side of the trailer? Like, is it always on the passenger side? I have no idea. <laughs> I thought, is that is there? And then I was thinking, is there a purpose for that? Is there some reason why that that happens? And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm totally gonna Google that. Like, is it always on the passenger side? Did you Google side? it? No, I didn't because oh. I pulled into the pulled into the driveway well, and then here we are. Somebody's gonna Google it right now. Yep, they yeah. are, or somebody knows. There's somebody sitting there going, mm-hmm. I know exactly why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I just a lot of the time when we talk about stuff like this, I just encourage you to just. Wonder about the things that might be a little uh, out of the ordinary or just have really no reason. It doesn't affect me in any way. I don't have a trailer. I'm not building a trailer. I'm not in the market for a trailer. But it just... I like that you said you're not building one. Yeah. Like before you said you're in the market that you're built, not building yeah. one. <laughs> well, you know, you might. Yeah. So just just the things that um, 
things that come to my mind and, uh, yeah, that I wonder about. And that's yeah. just something that I was wondering about yeah. on my way over here. Huh. Well, we are so glad that you are joining us. We are joined here um, by one of our um, members at the gym. She was uh, a member of Tribe 13. Ooh. Okay, so she did Camp 17. Um, she just joined us for our week intensive in, uh, in I don't even know what month we did that in. Um, but she mm-hmm. did uh, 24-7, which is mm-hmm. our one-week immersion. We have uh, another one coming up in November, which is super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sold out pretty well. We opened a few well, more spots. Well, we might have opened a couple more spots. Yeah. We just haven't made that public. Now we're making it public. Yeah. It is now known. <laughs> we have three spots left for November. Yes. Um, so Autumn is here. Uh, she has been a member with us for about two years now. Um, I've been doing some... So she did Tribe 13. We started some personal training, and now she does personal training and uh, works out with us in the gym on a regular basis. She uh, she is one of our one of our solids. So, Autumn, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to have you here sitting... In the kitchen. In the kitchen. Mm-hmm. In the kitchen. It's very in nice our kitchen. In our sweet little setup here, our professional podcast setup. You can't. She's see. being sarcastic, everyone. Yeah, you, can, <laughs> you cannot see, but it is still a lapel mic that is attached to a selfie stick, which is attached to a tripod. And then the recorder is hanging from the tripod by a hair tie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Great. you know, it All just over. never. It just starts something. You know, mm-hmm. so um, we have Autumn here because she has an amazing story. Um, she has been a woman of overcoming. She has come a really long way, and we have waited for a very long time for her to. There's just certain people's stories that all of our stories are really important, and all of our stories matter. But sometimes we don't realize how much our story matters until we're asked to share our stories and we're like, well, I'm not sure if I'm ready to share my story mm-hmm. yet. Um, or we don't realize that we actually have a story worth telling. And so um, her story is one of grief and loss and sadness and overcoming and victory and strength and amazing things. So um, we are really glad that you are here to share your story. So sit down, grab a LaCroix, put your feet up or... <laughs> You know, head out on your run, whatever you're doing. Chantel's going to pop one open. Little key lime LaCroix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Autumn, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, you don't have to go, like, super in detail, but, like, tell us a little bit about, about, a little bit about you and then how you found, uh, how you found us. Okay. Um, so, my name's Autumn. I, uh... I'm a mother of four children, and um, I'm an accountant, and um, I, don't, I don't know what else you want me to tell you about myself. Um, I, in the last few years, love coming to the gym. It has been not just a way to process things, but it also has been a lot of fun for me. Um, yeah. And um, I, I, yeah, I don't know what else. So I think you just said something really interesting. So... Um, you know, I've loved being at the gym and, and coming in and working out, but then you just said processing things. Yeah. So, uh, so obviously we talk about how we don't have like a normal, you know, a normal everyday gym. Um, and so what do you mean by processing things? Processing (laughs) things. Um, well, 
Um, like, how did you how, how did, did you I get to us? How did I find you? Yeah, um, I was gonna say that you you had it's actually quite interesting, like how yeah. you and I first made connection with yeah. with you called you called me. You saw I emailed I, you actually, emailed me. and you okay. called me like immediately. Like I emailed you, and then you called me right back, like within yeah. thirty five seconds. Well, she like literally crazy. read it and was like, "I have to call this woman." I'm like, "Okay, right <laughs> yeah. now, all right, do your yeah. thing." And this is when we were still we weren't we we had a groove with what we yeah. were doing, and and so I was like, "Okay, like this is there was still such a unique way that it, to describe what it was that we were doing that when." I, I had somebody like ask to talk to me about it over the phone. I was like, okay, how how do we actually tell them what it is that we that we do? And yeah. when I called you back, I don't even remember exactly what it was, but you started telling me about where you were in your life. So where were you yeah. in your life when you when you first reached out to us? Like where where were you physically, like in your body, or what were you looking for when you? Um, when you when you emailed us, yeah. Um, to be honest, I didn't know entirely what I was looking for. Mm. I just knew I needed to move my body. Mm. Um, I was in the process of grief. My husband had died at the end of January, so this was end of January two thousand eighteen. And um, I'm an accountant, so I went straight into tax season, like right after right after he died, and was was kind of in the depths of processing. The grief of his death, but how that was manifesting in my body was also very um, interesting. And I didn't—I don't know that I actually tied the two of those things together. Um, so for months, um, I couldn't sleep. I would stay up late at night, um, well, in the middle of the night, and I would be up. And I had this thing I called it the it because I just didn't know what it was. Um, and it was just this, it felt like there was a softball inside, um, my stomach, like right where my diaphragm is Mm. and it was painful and I didn't like it and it was completely uncomfortable. And, and I honestly didn't know what to do. I was in physical therapy at the time and I would go to physical therapy and get like moments of relief, but it would immediately come back. Mm -hmm. And, um, kind of through um, some of those nights of being up throughout the night, like I basically just prayed, I, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like I, I honestly don't even know where to go. Um, and part of, uh, part of our story was pretty public on social media. So like I had kind of gone on a social media boycott at the time. So I didn't even have like access to like looking at, well, I just, not that I didn't have access. I didn't want access to looking at things. Mm -hmm. Um, so once I knew and definitively knew that I needed to move, I first asked my physical therapist, like, um, you know, like, what should I do? And, um, and I, I, I knew that at 39, my body should have been more capable of things, but it was, it was not, I had so much atrophy in my body that I just, um, I was in pain all the time. And I knew that if I didn't do something, I was going to be crippled by the time I was 40. Mm. Like, um, because just doing even the smallest of things, um, just created more, more pain and it created more, um, just, just issues. And, Mm. and so like, I just couldn't actually handle daily life, even physically. Like, um, and so, I um, 
uh, a friend of mine that I didn't know really closely, but I had remembered years ago had posted, it might have not have been a really long time ago, um, I remembered seeing on her page something about, um, it was Megan Abishan, yeah. like, um, and I remembered seeing that she was in, at a gym, you know, mm-hmm. and so I was like, I knew I needed a schedule because I wasn't going to go with on my own, like, yeah. and I needed, or I wanted to be around other women. That was the other thing. Um, I had done kind of like a boot camp thing years ago, um, just for, not for very long, but I remembered loving being around other women and like working out together. Um, so that was kind of, you were kind of the first person, people that I like Googled, like, Mm. and just was like, okay, what's in the Valley? Yeah. I had no idea what you were about. I had no idea. (laughs) And then I walked in day one and I was like, where am I? (laughs) What, (laughs) what just happened? And I do remember that conversation with you because I just, you know, I kind of vaguely said, I have these things that have been going on in my life and I have all of these physical limitations and my physical therapist says I should not do these things, but I know I need to move. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So can you please talk to him and find out what I can't do? Like, because I want to come and I need to move this stuff out. Yeah. Yeah, I remember specifically uh, after you saying these things and knowing we didn't we did not have relationship at this time and so no. it was very much so someone is calling and inquiring about your business and so I didn't know how intricate your story was at the time and um, and what it all entailed but just you just had some questions and so you asked and then I was like oh we kind of like I'm like oh my gosh like I just we need to have an elevator pitch like that's what I just kept thinking like we need to have something that is simply digested by people who inquire about what we do and Lou and I've been talking about that for so long and I remember telling you like well it's it's like mind body and heart connection and you know we believe that the matters of the mind and the heart will manifest themselves physically and and then I'm like oh she's gonna think I'm like some hippie and like (laughs) that I am like some woo woo and I'm like burning sage right now and you know like all this stuff and and then you're like and then there was a pause and you said I think you are exactly what I'm looking for. And I was like, yes! Like, I I remember being outside, like, being so, I was like, I nailed it. Like, I nailed it. Well, and I remember, too, like, asking you, okay, so what's going on in your body? Well, you're like, well, I'm just really hypermobile, and my, my joints don't tend to stay in place. And my physical therapist is like, well, you probably shouldn't do anything. And so then I, I remember asking you the question, well, um, are they giving you any like strength exercises to do to get stronger? And you're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, well, if you're hypermobile, like your joints aren't just like falling out of place. And like you said, like my body was atrophied. And so a lot of times, you know, realizing that sometimes there's, it feels like there's these awful things going on in our bodies when actually what our body needs is just a structure. Like yeah. your, your joints needed structure to keep them where they are. Like, your mind moves your muscles and your muscles move your joints. Like your joints just don't fall out of place. But sometimes we feel like, well, they're just falling out of place and I don't know what to do. And so I remember you saying that and remembering, because uh, there wasn't any like massive injuries that you had yeah. just, and knowing like, oh, she's going to be totally fine. Just, she needs to become aware of her body and she just needs to get stronger and have a structure. Like, but knowing where you had come from and knowing like, oh, 
she needs a structure right now. Mm-hmm. She actually needs that. And even you saying like, I need a schedule. I need that. And your body needing structure as much as like your person needed structure. Yeah. And okay. So you, so you've been with us for two years now. Have, yeah. have you had one injury in two years? No, not, not even one. And How I've many done... people in the world are not doing stuff because they're worried about getting hurt when really that's not... But it was legitimate fear. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I remember calling you guys and I remember even coming in day one and I was like, did you find out what he said I couldn't do? Like, <laughs> yeah. because I need you to find out what he said I couldn't do because I just didn't want to exacerbate the pain. Totally. Like, I, yeah. I mean, like I was living in crippling pain all the time. Um, and had tried so many different things to not feel that way, but I just was like kind of running in circles because yeah. I actually just didn't yeah. know what to what do. What were some of like the biggest, um, like your biggest, like the pain that you had? Just as we're like talking to people and people listening, being like, oh my gosh, that's what happened. That's what's going on in my body too. And wondering like, oh, maybe I just need structure and movement that is done well. So what were yeah. some of like the naggiest things and the most painful things that you had? The two naggiest were my feet and my back. Mm. Um, my my feet, uh, I felt like I just couldn't walk on them. So mm. I, would, I would have these big clawed humpy, I mean, like, I don't even know. They were just ginormous shoes with <laughs> a lot of support. I mean, I can't tell you how many summers I didn't wear cute sandals because I couldn't walk in sandals so you were like like five inches taller though weren't you that summer yeah totally (laughs) totally um but they were ugly you know and so you just didn't ever get to wear anything cute during the summer because you were just wearing ugly shoes that like had not only like a thick sole support but then I had you know the very expensive orthotics that went inside of them and so then those don't go in any cute shoes whatsoever (laughs) um and and I don't know why that matters but it definitely matters like you feel of course it does girl it totally matters totally matters that's why we have so many pairs of shoes yeah (laughs) so um so feet was big I mean I had um what is that plantar fasciitis um Mm -hmm. multiple times um which is and miserable. It is miserable. I mean, I remember. I mean, I remember the day coming into the gym to you and saying, "Like, I just walked down the stairs and it didn't hurt." Like, yeah. I just, I was, I remember being so excited because it was such, a, it was such a win to just be able to get out of bed, put my feet on the floor, and hop downstairs. And I actually didn't even realize it until I was all the way down the stairs, and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, you just walked downstairs. You didn't have any like." piercing pain that walked through, you know, um, and then my back was the other one, um, which I'm finding is a lot of, it's, it was a lot of the atrophy, you know, Mm. because I, I sit for a living. And so like sitting and not moving and then you're hunched over and then your, you know, Mm. posture's bad. And so, um, and then it's paralyzed. Your butt, my butt was <laughs> definitely paralyzed. Not really. You'd fall over if your butt was paralyzed, but when you sit on it, you don't get to use it very much. Totally. <laughs> so it just, uh, so, so the back was, so be, you know, I mean, figure you can't walk on your feet and then your back is irritated all the time. Yeah. And, um, and then I didn't honestly really pay attention to any of the other limbs. It was yeah. just, those got all of the attention because yeah. they were just aggravated all the time. Yeah. So what what was like, just tell people, what was like the one thing you did that helped your feet stop hurting? Uh, Stopped wearing the shoes. Like, (laughs) I go around barefoot all the time. Train barefoot. I train barefoot. I Anywhere I can go that is 
socially acceptable. I'm barefoot. Yeah. So. You use the muscles in your feet. I know yep. you actually came into the house with just socks barefoot. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And it's such, <laughs> it. it's such a contradiction to what people, what we're told, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the time, especially if you have foot and yeah. pain, uh, like in, in that, even, yeah. even with like knee and hip, you know, yeah. like, well, it probably starts at the foot and, and, yeah. and we're, we're like, yeah, it does. The foot is weak. And when yeah. you don't allow the foot to move and you don't allow it to work, it is yeah. going to continue yeah. to get weak. And so your insoles are going to get bigger and more expensive. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's a time and a place yeah. for yeah. other things like, yes. you know, this won't work for everyone, but yeah. most of our ladies that have plantar fasciitis, you get them out of their shoes and they are like, oh my gosh, my yeah. feet don't Completely hurt. I mean, different. my feet don't hurt. My, my mm-hmm. feet, I used to get out of bed like a little 90 year old woman. Yeah. And I thought it was only because of sugar. And then I just stopped wearing shoes most of Like some days I just walk out of the house and I'm like, oh, like this morning I walked out of the house, got in my car. I'm like, oh, I should probably put some shoes on. Yep. Even though I don't really need to put some shoes on, but I yep. forgot to put my shoes on. Uh, but my feet don't hurt anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's crazy when you start using things. We just think like, well, maybe we shouldn't use it because it hurts. But actually using it is, mm-hmm. is what ends up helping us heal yeah 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 it's that if we stop moving we will eventually stop moving yes mm-hmm. totally you know? Things stop working they just stop working yeah 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 and when you get them back working again sometimes it's a little painful but yeah. yet it's still good yeah yeah it's really a lot good of things going yeah and it yeah. took a little while i mean i yeah. don't remember exactly when that was but um i mean it it took a little while to get to that place where um but we just would do it each each time I was in the gym, like I would go barefoot and then I started going barefoot a little bit more and more. And, yeah. um, and like I said, like all of a sudden one day, like it didn't hurt yeah. to get out of bed. And then, so it was just like, it was really cool. And then I was like, Oh, this is actually working. Yeah. And so, well, and then the other day we had that conversation where you were like, oh, I went, didn't, went and did this. And this is like my, my, something was like feeling really achy. You weren't hurt or anything. And you're like, oh, I wore the wrong shoes. And then the next day you text me, you're like, it wasn't about the shoes. It was my heart. And I didn't, <laughs> it was just so funny. Cause it was like, you just, and you're like for all these years, I just thought it was about the shoes. It's always you know? about you the shoes. Buy different shoes and buy different shoes. But yeah. I don't spend a lot of money on shoes anymore. And when I do, I buy cute shoes. So yeah, that's right. Totally. That's that awesome. I can wear. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Um, so Autumn, so after going through Camp 17, mm-hmm. um, usually like women who do go through camp, there is there there's something whether it be a lesson, whether it be a workout, whether it be um, a phrase, something that that just sticks with them uh, or shifts shifts their perspective. And you know when you look at if you really look at that that analogy that we talk about all the time. It's not really an analogy because it's actually what happens when you shift your perspective, when your body turns and your sight changes, everything else looks a little different. Mm-hmm. And so what was, or do you have that, uh, do you have a moment like that from, now I know that there's a lot of moments, especially recently, um, but do you remember one from when you originally, like when you first started camp, do you remember something that would just shifted your perspective on a lot uh with i mean it could be from your story it could be your life it could be fitness it could be anything Mm -hmm. Um, but do you have something that like stuck with you that you want to share yeah i mean i think that when i went through camp the first time um like i said i was really kind of in the depths of grief so i 
I felt like so much information was coming at me that like I couldn't really digest it all. Like yeah. um, I knew when I like when we finished the six weeks, like that I wanted more. Like I knew that I like we had just scratched the surface of something. <laughs> I didn't know what that something was. Like I had no idea what that something was. But what stood out to me was, um, and this had been kind of percolating. I think it was, you know, a good chunk of what led me, um, led me to camp. Um, but but I was a little frozen in it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like um, was that was that my life mattered? Like mm. was that my life mattered, and my life could make an impact. Um, in this world Mm. like um and i don't know that i ever knew that before Mm. wow that's so good it's so good you um you know when we when we talk about your life or we talk about people's lives in in general or life in general um it's really hard to swallow the idea that we are significant yeah. You know, that we really do, we are significant in a way that is that is so unique and so individual um, that sometimes that scares us to where then we feel like we need to mimic or be other people yeah. or be uh, or do what they do or say what they say or wear what they wear, walk how they walk. Um, and And so with acknowledging that, was it easy? No. <laughs> because it it's easier to copycat somebody. Totally. I mean, yeah. it's easier to like well, I I don't know that it actually is easier, but like I think it's it requires less of me. Mm-hmm. Like if I just mimic you, you know, mm-hmm. or copy you, um it's a whole different ball game if I actually like start getting in touch with myself and who I am and stepped up step up to the plate of like what I am like what who autumn is called to be mm-hmm. like that is a very that is a very different journey that mm-hmm. is not um it's that's not the same it's just <laughs> yeah. like let me give you this script this is what you're gonna do and you're gonna do step one and then step two and step three and then you know by the time you get to step 25 you will have arrived mm-hmm. like um but connecting with who you are as a person like who is completely unique to anybody else in the world is a very different it's a it's a very different journey Mm -hmm. yeah that's good yeah it's really good it's one that uh you and i were talking before we started um just really wanting to give you to you space as well to share sort of the things that you have shared because there's a lot of things um, that we could talk about. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean, we. I have so many moments with you that were just like, remember that one, remember <laughs> that one, remember that one, and they usually are not like mountain high no. ones. They're like the valley lows that then you're like, there's the mountain top. Okay, <laughs> all right. You maybe have had a couple. <laughs> I know, I know, right? Uh, but when we. You know, like you coming into this place of who is Autumn, obviously over the last couple of years, this is like a new conversation that you and I have been having because there was so much to wade through and so many things to move out of the way um, for you to be able to actually see yourself, Yeah. right? To even see that, like there's the moment where you're like, oh my gosh, I actually, 
I matter in this world. Mm-hmm. Like the realization of that where, oh, I am significant and I'm not just, I'm just not here to wander through life. I, I can make an impact. Yeah. Um, but being able to move those things out of the way require you to become responsible for your life and to, and to make choices that have led you here. And I know you sort of wanted to like share part of that journey of choices. So I just want to like open this for you wherever you kind of want to go with, um, you know, what choices have meant to you based upon, you know, a part of your story and, you know, losing your husband and, and how that, how that all transpired. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so the reason I said, I think it was percolating leading up to that moment is, um, is, you know, Tom, Tom died in a, um, in a way that is honestly, like even right now, hard for me to articulate. Um, it's been hard for me to put into words, um, because he, um, he, he left us a few years before in a, in a drug addiction. And, Mm. um, and so we had already been kind of walking this road, um, with him and watching um, how his choices, even though he wasn't in our home at the time, how they were radically affecting affecting our family. Um, and I would often say that we are tethered together, like, and that um, when I would have conversations with him, in almost pleading with him to make a different choice, um, you know, he would often say, um, "Well, I'm I'm removing myself from you so that it doesn't impact you." Mm. And I just remember like being like, no, like you're gone, but like you're still tethered to us. So we are still like, we are still impacted by your choices. Like Mm -hmm. we are still, um, and, and then, and then he, um, he was, he was murdered. Like, um, he was murdered by somebody else. Um, he was, he was in a home, um, and there was another, uh, person on, on meth in the home that he was in and he had a meth psychosis and he shot and killed him. Mm. And, um, and, uh, he, you know, something happened inside of me, like during that time when I watched how his choices affected our life for the negative, Mm. like for, um, like we today are still, impacted by those choices like Mm -hmm. and so I know Tom like and I know the heart of Tom outside of addiction and I know that Tom would have never wanted those choices I mean I think that was some of what in his mind he was doing is was trying to remove himself from us so that he didn't hurt us so Mm -hmm. to speak not knowing Mm -hmm. that doing that also was hurting us like um and I believe that like I believe that he believed that in his mind, that, mm-hmm. that to do this, I could just kind of remove the hurt from them, even though we still hurt. Yeah. Like, and, um, and so his choices, like, it became very acutely aware to me that, like, our choices, like, matter, mm-hmm. and our choices actually beyond the grave matter, mm-hmm. you know, because there's not, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think of him, that I am not affected by him, and that um, that we are still connected in a way, you know. We um, and so it just it just highlighted for me that 
there had to be a different way. Like there had to be something different that like, so then I walk into camp 17 and I start realizing that, that like, that my life could matter, but matter for the good. Mm -hmm. Like, and so I started having, just seeing like visually these two parallels of like, what would it look like if we stepped up to the significant role that we are called to do mm-hmm. and how that would actually like impact the world in this way and how could we leave that for the people around us and not saying like you know I don't think morbidly like I'm gonna die tomorrow but like I it does um you know his death did do that to me where yeah. um you know like I that I just often think about how how our choices impact people and and his death really was something that led that um led me to that place mm-hmm. mm, that's so good even i think you for sharing that yeah. i know that that's hard to um it's hard to acknowledge you know the the reality of especially when someone passes uh their effect on on you while they were living and then also, while wow, now they're gone. And when you look at it and you, if you categorize it as positive or negative, um, it sometimes is hard to, to acknowledge the negative things about a relationship um, when that person is gone. Yeah. Because you feel like honoring their life is only saying the good things about them, you know, remembering the good things about them. When... In reality, it leaves us, when we are living, it leaves us to think that all of the good things are the only thing that matter or the only thing that makes us up. You know, mm-hmm. it, we are only made of those good things and that we shouldn't or can't do these bad things or not bad things, but that we aren't going to be human and make choices that aren't great. Um but ultimately that is part of our struggle that's the part that reveals it reveals the character you know it reveals our heart it reveals our desires um and so by you saying that you know i know that sometimes sharing your story is and sharing these stories about people who have passed it's hard to share truth about um about the relationship and about the situation because it makes it sound like this is so negative and yeah. this is who he was as a man, but really it's a part of his story. And by not sharing part of that is also not acknowledging his life fully. Right. And, um, and so like when I hear you share the story and I just want you to know this from me that like when you share about him and about like the story, I, I hear you honoring him even in just how you shared what you shared. Um, and which I think is just so great. And I think that the example of even like what you show to your children and the, also like the women who might be in your same shoes or who um, who have had children who've passed because of, of you know, the drug world or um, that it, it almost gives them freedom to really share like the whole thing, you know, to really be like all in and be like, okay, this was a reality. I'm not going to pretend like this didn't happen. Um well, it started becoming at conflict with me when I would try to pull out those chunks of of me, mm-hmm. you know, like because it was easier for me to just tell you, 
my husband died. Like, it was Mm -hmm. easier for me to just say, like, um, because that, that was, that was, it was just easier because, you know, and then I started not saying my husband died because that always is followed by like, oh, how did he die? You know? And so then I started like putting away those chunks. Like I just, Mm -hmm. but what ended up happening is like, as I continued to move through this process, like, I was putting away a piece of me that was very real and that was very, um, you know, I couldn't grieve without grieving, grieving both parts, the mm-hmm. happy parts and the really terrible parts Yeah, because he didn't just die. Yeah. You know, somebody, um, somebody made a choice and killed him. Like, yeah. and so that to, to just say he died, um, you know, it just kind of, it's kind of like when we don't want it, when we're kind of dancing around the truth of something, you know, mm-hmm. like I was dancing around the truth constantly of his death, you mm-hmm. know, um, because it, me- it meant that I didn't actually have to connect with those pieces. Um, and it was hard for me to go there. And sometimes like, I think in the early stages, it was necessary for a while that I didn't go there. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but then I became ready to go there and, um, and I'm still, you know, biting them off pieces at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I bet that that's, that's part of, that's obviously a really big part of, of your journey, which is awesome. Yeah. It's really good. And it's good for, it's good for him too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, I'm really proud of you for sharing that because I know that like definitely wasn't an easy, an easy thing. And you and I have been talking about for a while of the day that you'll, you know, feel ready to share your story. You know, yeah. I mean, we texted you a couple months ago and was like, whenever you're ready, uh, <laughs> you know, you let us know. We're not going to ask anymore. You just let yeah. us know when you're ready. And then we got the text of like, okay, I'm ready. Came yeah. after that 120 pound <laughs> sandbag carry day. <laughs> All the things came after that. All the things. <laughs> That's Isn't that that picture you posted yesterday on Instagram? Is that the sandbag cuddle oh, from no. that day? Oh, no, no. That I looked very different, different that day. day. <laughs> I mean, you still looked giddy. Yeah. Um, so what has, for people that maybe feel like a little bit, um, not necessarily confused, but it's like foreign language to say, okay, wait a second. So you, you've been like, you stopped going to physical therapy and you know, you, you weren't going to counseling, but you used movement to help deal with your grief. And so you've Mm -hmm. been you've been working out, um, you know, obviously we have one-on-one sessions, which makes things sometimes feel like it's, you know, we're more in a counseling session than we are anything else. But how has using your body, um, and, and using movement and action, um, helped you sort of walk this road a little bit differently than maybe you would have? Oh gosh. Movement has been everything for me and processing things because, well, I mean, I can't even, I don't even know what it, what it specifically is, but as I move, it processes things that like, I'm not, um, that kind of get stuck or stagnant. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe that. Like, um, but every time I move, um, every time I move, it's like those places, like whether they're mentally or physically or emotionally or spiritually, like they start moving, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like a, I, 
visualizing right now like a sludgy pond, mm-hmm. you know, that has no movement to it and it just kind of builds sludge. And so like I felt like that was also simultaneously what I was feeling in my body. It felt very sludgy. I felt like I couldn't breathe. It felt like um, like it just had these layers over it. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then as, you know, like kind of like dig this little pathway out and let it start moving. Um, and that's what movement did for me in all of those areas, not mm-hmm. just physically. Like physically it was, was doing that. And it was actually, I felt like, I mean, I can't tell you how many times like I will come into the gym and then like a new part of my body like wakes up and Mm. it literally like it's tingling and all of a sudden I can, you know, kind of feel the blood moving throughout my body. And um, and so it does that for all of the things It has done that for um, whereas I, you know, atrophy was a big part of my life. So like how I would process is I would sit down and I'd think about it. Well, (laughs) it was not really working out so well because it was just stay stuck in my head yeah thinking the same things over and over you know with I a mean, body in pain with a body in pain mm-hmm. and so um so movement movement has been huge I mean I think that if you're like stuck like any time that I feel stuck at all I'm like go move like yeah. go I mean it didn't take it took me a long time to get to that place because <laughs> I felt like I always before like just habitually would just do the same thing that I did previously because I didn't, you know, know. But the more I became aware, I was like, oh, yeah, what worked last time? Oh, yeah, you went and moved. Like, yeah, go mm-hmm. move. And yeah. um, and they've always been the things that have kind of got the things yeah. unstuck. Yeah. So would you say um, moving your body has helped you um, better connect with your heart um, so that you could get out of your head and then be able to move through um, things instead of sitting or trying to move around. Oh yeah. Because they're always like, once I actually like get out of my head and get into my heart, it's actually not what I originally thought it was Mm. like. And I actually, I mean, every time it's not what I, what I thought it was. Um, it often ends up being something, you know, completely different and often usually really cool. Um, but it's not what I was, thinking as I was just thinking in a circle like so so to sit and think in a circle and then you're actually never hitting the target of what it actually what what it actually is like um connecting to my heart in a physical way and moving through it like actually made me start uh one of the girls at the gym often says like she watched me light up Mm -hmm. like and I Mm -hmm. felt felt like I actually started like by connecting to my heart through movement, like I actually started coming alive. Yeah. Like, um, because I knew, I knew I was not dead in there. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in my body all the time, you know, like, I mean, I'm, and I know, you know, I know there's parts, but I wasn't connected with them and I didn't know, you know, I didn't even know how to reach them. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't know what they were. So, so connecting with my heart is what I felt like actually helped me to come alive. Yeah. Mm. And it wasn't, when we say movement, it wasn't like slow walks down a hill. It was things like what? Um, well, it's often with a sled or a sandbag is usually <laughs> how it occurs. <laughs> and recently some sprinting. And recently some sprinting. That is new for yeah. me. So that is... Learning to not run on your heels. Yeah. 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 
And how does it, how do those things, or even that bike, the the bike's the third one. (laughs) So the bike, the sandbag and the um, sled are the three that will always. So true struggle and true intensity have been the place where you have found the ability to get out of your head and into your body. Absolutely. Yeah. And it not only helped me in the gym, I mean, because anybody who knows me, like, knows that this has not been a weight loss journey for me. Like, um, it's not, it's actually never been about that. Every once in a while, I like enjoy looking back at the pictures and go, oh my gosh, that, who's that? Like, that's <laughs> Who kinda, is that woman? Yeah. That's kind of, this yeah, is because your, cool. your before and afters are pretty incredible. Yeah. But and, the crazy yeah. thing about your before and afters is it's literally like 10 to 15 pounds, but it looks like. It's 10 pounds. It looks yeah. like 100. Yeah. Yeah. Or like 75. Yeah. Yeah. And if I would have been focused on the weight the whole time, if oh, that man. would have been my goal, I would have never I would have never gone anywhere because mm-hmm. I would have just been always like, are you kidding me? Because mm-hmm. 10 pounds, like in our world, like we want to lose weight. And so we want to lose like 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever heard anybody say, I want to lose weight and it's less than like 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. Well, so you just said something really interesting that I have like never actually thought about. You just said, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but you basically said, had I had it been about the weight the whole time, I never would have gone anywhere. So what if the amount of time that we're spending on it being about the weight is why we're not getting anywhere? Totally. Mm -hmm. And I I have mentioned that like several times to just women like, you know, oh yeah, I want to lose this many pounds. And like, then I will say like, I remember going to the doctor, you know, July of 2018 and going to the doctor July of 2019 and I asking her, are are you sure? Like, are you, (laughs) because I remember like what my body looked like before and I, I was a size 16 and now I was a size 10, I think I was a 10 at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, like, what are you now? I'm, I'm like 8, 10, okay. like I'm yeah. between the two. Yeah. I might have been a 12. I don't know. I just remember it was significant yeah. sizing. <laughs> Are and, you sure? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I believe you. Like, yeah. I'm not sure I believe your scale. Um, But then I just, you know, I also started watching what was going on underneath. Like, and I, mm-hmm. I was actually, you know, developing muscle. Like, and mm-hmm. it was actually had some structure to yeah. to so parts of my body because I think so often we don't think about when we hold on to toxic emotion toxic feelings anger sadness bitterness and things like that and we don't we don't deal with them and we don't do something with them and we just let them sit there at the container which holds those which is like our body mm-hmm. the container just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger yeah and so you look at pictures of you and you can just see that the container doesn't have to be as big because it's not holding so much yeah you know your shoulders are it doesn't look like wow all of a sudden you got so much stronger and your shoulders just went away it literally looks like you're not carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders anymore and your shoulders are completely different yeah right mm-hmm. we'll give you autumn's uh instagram handle uh at the end of this and you can just see the difference or we'll and looking even at- make it our why don't we make it our cover for this episode oh yeah there we and go and then you'll yeah, see can, it and then yeah. you can just see autumn's backside autumn's backside <laughs> well and it's even from the front side i mean even just your yeah your posture everything about your body has changed but if it was about the weight yeah it would seem so defeating but you said 16 to an 8 10 which is 16 minus 10 or 8 is 8 to 10 yeah (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. And it's 10 pounds. But the amount of, I'm just, I just want people to hear like how proud we are of you and how mm-hmm. amazing the journey has been in watching you. Literally, we call it drop gym because you get to drop and leave things that you have been carrying that have nothing to do with like physical weight, but what happens on your body looks like a hundred pounds. Yeah. Yeah. And it became, it became very necessary for me to, to learn how to struggle. And it became very necessary for me to actually drop those things because I did feel like when Tom died, the weight of the world was on my shoulders. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he had been gone for a little while before that. So I was doing the single parent thing, like, but something made it more, I mean, well, his death made it more permanent. And Mm -hmm. so now all of a sudden, like here I was responsible for these little humans who Mm -hmm. needed me to be, uh, I mean, they, they needed me to know, like, they needed me to be able to step up. Like, I mean, yeah, I, they needed yeah. me. I mean, still to this day, I say, like, I feel the, uh, I, I empathize with men a little bit more of the weight that they carry by providing for a home mm-hmm. because it, it has become something for me that, like, no longer having a person to, like, share that with, like, I, I start understanding, like, why they feel that weight the weight of that responsibility and um and then you know like because if it was just me I feel like that would feel very different but like knowing that you have these little kids in tow and you're like every choice you make actually impacts them and that's how it started being with grief like I knew that if I didn't process this and deal with this I was going to take it out on them in a way that they didn't deserve because they also didn't deserve to be walking this either like they didn't deserve to have um you know, their dad gone and Mm -hmm. to be dealing with the grief itself. So like it became very necessary that I learned how to struggle through that grief so that I wasn't actually like impacting them with my grief, Mm -hmm. like, and taking it out on them in some sort of way. Cause grief has a way of doing that. Like it, you just, you, you're going to take it out. You're going to, it's going to come out somewhere. Yeah. um, Yeah. And so to be able to have a safe space that I could like, kind of process that and drop that and g- mm. completely be able to, um, it, it saved my relationship with my kids, like, mm. yeah. um, in a way that, that I feel profoundly grateful because I just don't, I don't know. I know. And I know the habits that I had created up until that point, I don't know that I would have done anything great with it. Mm. Like, I don't know that I wouldn't have been, um, handled it destructively and it was very tempting to handle it destructively and so I just knew I needed to do something different so Mm -hmm. um different is what I found so Mm, that's so good I um as I want to mention you know we're kind of coming to an end here but um I want to mention just the like when I see you and I hear and just see you I don't know how many times a week do I see you five days a week? You see me five days a week. I was going to say, do I see you five days a week? Yeah, whether yeah. you're in class or you're working with Lou, like you are in the gym. And um, and seeing your kids, meeting your kids, spending time with your kids, and then also uh, looking at at what, like, what you are, the influence that you have in your family is massive. I was just going to say that. I'm so glad you're here. It is this. just massive. And as I'm as I'm sitting here and you girls are talking, I'm like, "Man, how do I even 
how do I start this in a way that isn't just like, cool, you, you started working out and then your mom started working out and then your sisters started working out and then you also have your daughter that comes in and works out, you know, at, at our gym. And so... And now her auntie's in working yeah, out. Yeah, and now gym. your auntie is now in there working out. And it's like... But it's it's so different because it's not um, it's not just the cool like hey let me give you a week pass and you go, you should come and join me at the gym. It is like it's almost like this like you carry this hope. I think that um, that not a lot of humans carry and uh, everyone's situation is different. And if we if we sit and and weigh everyone's uh, you know pros and cons and difficult difficulties, their struggles, um, and we say, well, this one, like, you know, there's no hope for this one, and but there is for this one because it's like two notches above this one. Um, if you really were to look at all of the things in your story um, and things that you have shared, things that you will never share with other people, mm-hmm. um, and you look at the hope that, that you carry, and it simply is, like you and I have talked about this, like hope being... Um, just the knowledge, just the knowing that the acknowledgement of that you can choose something different. Yeah. You know, and you have like, I believe that that is what hope is. Yeah. And I believe that you fully embody that, Mm -hmm. that concept. Um, And because not only are you choosing something different, doing something different, you are acquiring this strength um, this confidence that isn't like you're, you know, you lose a hundred pounds and you're, um, it, it doesn't come from, you know, you having a better deadlift or you mm. being able to run faster. Um, yeah, those things are experienced and because you are learning more about who you are as a woman and about your life and, um, and those things are great, but it just simply is like you having the heart and to choose something different. And it has been such a grand example for, mm the women in our gym, but yet also your family. And and it is just, it's so amazing to, to even hear you share in the beginning of the podcast that what you really, like what stuck with you is that your life matters. Mm-hmm. And, and that being like, it is like, it is showing so like, it's shining bright mm-hmm. and is so contagious because look at your family like if you didn't start making better choices I mean who knows yeah but your your example has moved your family in a direction of health um of significance of restoration restoration yeah and it's just been beautiful to watch well I don't think like any of us like I didn't I just I didn't just happen upon you know like where I found myself, but I definitely like um, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier in the gym. We were just working out a little bit ago, and it's like that it became acutely aware to me that my choices mattered all the time. Like mm-hmm. you know, so we were just doing kicks, and you were you were showing us like in my first kick, like I'm just you know my foot's flopping all <laughs> over the place, but in the second kick when I'm actually hitting a target, like you know I put some you know it I I know it matters, so I kick well, mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. well, um, it became acutely aware to me that my choices mattered all the time, mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, and, and I think what happens, and this is like one of the things that like in a family of addiction, like 
I don't think anybody intends to be there. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. that they go, how can I grow up and become an addict? Like, mm-hmm. that is never the childhood dream. Mm. But we get to this place where we we navigate to what's familiar and we do what we're comfortable with. And we do, you know, we kind of follow this pattern of behavior that is, that maybe is generational. Like, mm-hmm. that maybe is, like, something that you just always did or and you always knew you know I just like at some point knew there had to be a different way Mm -hmm. and I and I I just didn't know what that way was Mm -hmm. like I didn't know actually where to even begin or I didn't even know like what the step was and and I would have thought you were crazy if you would have told me that it was through movement like I mean I literally thought I was dealing with the it that was inside my stomach because I felt uncomfortable you know like (laughs) that was what that was what my I was trying to accomplish like and yet like at the same time all of this stuff was percolating inside of me that basically said like your choices matter and you matter all the time Mm. like not just some of the time not just you know like when you know when it's important and there's a fire in the house like it matters when there's not a fire in the house you know Mm. I mean it matters it matters constantly and so like it it never occurred to me that like that life mattered in that way Mm. and I think about that often um I think about that often, like even in, um, you know, we are, we are preparing for, uh, there will be a trial for Tom's death. And I think about the, the man who killed him, because I think in a way, like he, he also, he, I, I just don't believe that whatever boy was inside of him said like, what, you know, I would like to, to end up here someday, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I just think that there is there is that that lives with inside all of us mm-hmm. like and some of us don't really know how to tap into it yeah and i didn't know how to tap into it but i definitely know how to tap into it now yeah. and um and i'm forever grateful that i do mm. it's so good is there, oh, go ahead Luke. no go ahead is there anything that you uh feel like you want to say to the people that are listening um, in a way that is like you do very well through example, but is there anything that you want to say that, um, to inspire the people that are listening right now who maybe are, uh, find themselves in, um, a situation that looks like they are in a relationship of some sort, whether it be a family member, whether it be a spouse, whether it be a boyfriend, um, or their own bodies. Yeah, like or their just, own body. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, yeah, like to any, what would you say to the hopeless? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a big question. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say trust yourself. I can't tell you how many times along the way um, I knew something was off, like, but I just didn't act upon it Mm -hmm. like um there would be times that I would just kind of like my head would tilt and I would just be kind of like I don't think that's right Mm -hmm. and ultimately that's what led me to um it's just that the pain got so great when I found you guys like Mm -hmm. because I knew I knew that that couldn't be the answer yeah and so like just because the answer is not right in front of you like do something different and if you see that 
even it looks like an inkling of a, because it didn't, like, I didn't walk into the gym and go, oh, this is the answer to all of those things that I've been pondering. <laughs> like, that is not how this happened. Like, how it did happen was me kind of following that, was like, oh, I think I think this is the right direction, and just trusting that I was continuing to go mm-hmm. that right direction. Um, so I, I, um, and then also just trust that there there are people that will come into your path to kind of show you along the way, and mm-hmm. we need those people. Like we need them to, um, you know. It's been very. I mean, I have had so many humbling moments with both of you where you're like, "Knock it off! That doesn't go well." Like. <laughs> don't do that anymore like it's not good for you and like and those moments have been good for me because Mm -hmm. I needed to knock it off like I needed to stop doing that thing that I always do and I'm still gonna do them because I'm still growing and I'm still finding out those places and I and I'm 41 so I have a lot of habits that like (laughs) that have developed over the years and um but I just would say like if like trust those moments where you're just like i i think that does not make sense like mm-hmm. that does not make sense and it does not um i think there's another way and then just do something different though like don't do what i did where i walk in circles like saying i think that's different i think <laughs> like i i just I need kinda, a new pair of shoes yeah, yeah it's all about the shoes it's it's always about the shoes um and so i did that for years like just buying a new pair of shoes rather than just taking the shoes off mm-hmm. yeah it's good it's good it's really good All right. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of Dear Life I'm In. If you would like to get in contact with Autumn, um, her Instagram handle is A Peterson with an O at the end. Yes. Yes. Peterson, S-O-N. S-O-N. 200. Yes. Um, So you can find her on Instagram there. Uh, You can find uh, Chantel at Chantel.Dayton on Instagram. You can find me, Lou Crenshaw, at... Well, Lou Crenshaw on Instagram. You can find us at drop.gym on Instagram. You can find us at Drop Gym on Facebook. You can also visit our website, www.dropgym.com. And uh, today we have launched a, uh, a mentoring track. It's called Life and Leadership. So if you would like to join us from a distance, if you would like to learn from us on something more than just uh, exercise and movement, we are starting sort of a, a life mentoring track. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can find out details on the mentoring tab on our website as well. So mm-hmm. thank you for joining us. We hope you have a really good day and uh, hope you learned a ton and were inspired and filled with hope today. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.